Come on, how are we doing, church family? You guys good? So good to be together. Hey, turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter 2. It's that time of year. The Christmas season is upon us. I love it so much, and I'm so excited about our Christmas season message series that we're diving in today, diving into today. Do you hear what I hear? And so let me just ask, um, don't you just love it when someone like walks in or maybe calls you up or sends you a text and they say, hey, I got some really, really, really good news to share with you. Don't you love it? Come on, we all love good news, don't we? All right, but here's the question. How do you feel in that moment when someone says, I've got good news to share? Think about that, right? Like, I got good news. And and then what do you start feeling? Excitement, right? Joy, yeah, anticipation, hopefulness. Like, if you're like me, like, your mind might even start jumping ahead to things that you have been wanting or hoping for, and you start wondering right now, is this the moment that I'm going to receive that thing I've been hoping for? You do that? Yeah, come on, it's a good feeling, all right. But then, okay, what is it that you typically do after you receive the good news? Okay, because hey, sometimes you get the good news and it's like, yeah, this, okay, that's just, you built that up and it was, it was pretty good news. All right, but then other times, I mean, you get the good news and it's like it makes you want to stand up and double fist pump kind of good news. You know what I'm talking about? And so what do you do with that kind of good news? Come on, you tell everybody you know. You, go out, you, you start texting your friends, you call your family, you let your, you let your co-workers know, follow me. It's like you're saying this, hey, y'all want to hear what I heard? Come on, follow me. Do you hear what I hear? Are you with me? Come on, and how much fun is that? How much fun is it to get to be the person that gets to share the good news with other people? It's the best, right? You bring joy to their lives. And so um, it reminds me of this. So I am a Kansas State football fan. Um, It doesn't always go the way we want it to. Um, But I went to K-State. My older brother played football for K-State. And so, man, a big, big fan, okay? And so some of you might remember back in 1998. Some of you already know. Back when Kansas State beat Nebraska, ending one of the longest losing streaks to a specific team in all of college football. It was unreal. Well, get this, I was there. I hung on the goalposts, y'all, when we tore down those goalposts after the game. Okay, but so get this, to this day, people are still spreading the good news of that game. I'm not kidding. This just happened a couple of weeks ago where Rachel and I were with some friends and they brought up K-State versus Nebraska, 1998. They were like, bro, 1998, K-State versus Nebraska broke the streak. I watched every minute in my living room. It was unbelievable, right? Here's what they're doing. They're, They're like, hey, do you know about this good news? Like, do you hear what I hear? Now, with that particular piece of good news, I then very humbly get to one up them and say, not only have I heard it, but I lived it, bro. You watched it in your living room. I was on the field. No big deal. (laughs) Come on. So here's the point, though, family. Listen, okay, and hey, for all you kids that are in here, and maybe you got those sheets and you're taking notes, you're going to want to follow along right here. Here's the point for today. Listen, good news can't be contained. Is that right? 
Come on, good news can't be contained. It's really hard to contain good news. There's just something that happens where you've got to tell everyone you can about the good news you've heard. But what about this, though? What about bad news? What about those times where someone shows up and they're like, man, I got some bad news I got to share with you. How, how do you feel in that moment? And, and what about this? What happens when you have to be the bearer of bad news? That's not so much fun. And so again, here, here's what I think we typically try to do in moments like that. If you're a nice person, we try to come up with good news that we can share along with the bad news to make it not quite as bad. Right? So we've all had this happen in our lives before where somebody's come up and they're like, I got good news and I got bad news. Which, which one do you want first, right? And, and so here, here's, what I, here's a little pro tip, all right? Always take the good news last so you can end on a high note. Right? Amen? Okay, so that's how I roll. But family, here's where we're going, okay? We are diving into the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus. But I want you to hear me. Our goal isn't to just hover over the Christmas story. Our goal over the next few weeks is to see how the good news of Jesus' birth is actually woven through the entire Bible from the beginning to end. Our goal is to see how expansive the good news of Jesus has become to this day ever since that first night that it was shared. Our goal is for all of us, listen, to get equipped to very practically share the good news of Jesus with others this Christmas season. And our goal is to still let the good news of Jesus change us today. Okay? And, and listen, even if you've already heard the good news or the Christmas story a billion times, because I'm guessing pretty much all of us in here have probably heard the Christmas story too many times to count. Is that right? Okay, so... Here's what I wonder for all of us, though. Is it still really, really good news to us? And here's one way you can sort of begin to know. How easy is it for us to contain it? I'm going to say this with grace, but... If it's really easy for us to contain the good news of Jesus, then is it really still good news to us? Or think of it this way, okay, listen. For all of us who say we are Jesus followers, when was the last time? Or has there ever been a time in your life before where the good news of Jesus meant more to you personally. It meant more than anything else in the world. Have you had that time? Are you still having that time? Listen, where, where you couldn't stop thinking about him. Where you couldn't wait to worship him. Where, where you were consistently hungry for a word from him, where you couldn't wait to be in church, to be around other people who were just as, as excited as you are about him, where you couldn't keep your mouth shut about him, or you couldn't stop praying for those people in your life that you know need him, or you couldn't wait to help out in church so other people could meet him, or you couldn't keep your wallet closed in church because you can't wait to give to him. Okay, church, I'm concerned that the church is losing its passion 
and sense of urgency for the good news of Jesus. It's just becoming way too easy for us to contain it. And here's part of the reason I think that's happening, okay? Because we're growing numb to just how bad the bad news really is. Okay, we're going to talk about that, but listen, at the same time, please hear me. I do really have good news for all of us today. I believe Jesus wants to work out his good news into all of our lives in new ways this Christmas season. And in doing so, he wants to help all of us take the lid off. He wants this thing uncontained. You got your Bibles open to Luke chapter 2? Luke chapter 2, okay, that's where we find the story of Jesus' birth. Now, again, I know that many of us, we've heard this, we've read this many times, but I firmly believe that Jesus has things that he wants us to see in these scriptures, maybe like we've never seen them before. So Luke 2, I'm going to pick it up in verse 8. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, okay, or near the city of Bethlehem. They were guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And just try and picture this. I don't, I don't think we can actually get what this was really like. But the radiance of the Lord's glory, his glory, surrounded them. They were terrified because they never would have experienced something like this before. They would have never seen a sight like this before. Okay, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, and here we go. Watch closely, okay? And, and hey, kids. Man, y'all might pay attention to this key verse right here. Here we go. The angel said, I bring you good news. Hey, I got some really, really, really good news that I get to share with you. I bring you good news that will, it doesn't end there, that will bring great joy to all people. Okay, this should be one of those moments where it's like somebody just told us they're going to give us good news and so what's the feeling that begins to take place inside here it is best news ever the savior yes the messiah the lord please notice all three of those he has been born today in bethlehem the city of david and you will recognize him by this son you will find a baby wrapped in wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger Suddenly, here's how good this good news was. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. And this is the good news, y'all. Peace on earth. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. With, with those who receive this good news. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said, okay, they said what, Tyler from Dude Perfect often says, let's go! Most of the adults have no idea what's going on, but there were like four kids that got really excited when I just did that. Come on. <laughs> All right, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. Can you imagine? And there was the baby. There was Jesus. lying in the manger. After seeing him, watch, the shepherds told who? Everyone. What happened? What had happened? And what the angel had said to them about this child. In other words, hey, do y'all hear what I hear? 
You guys want to hear some really good news? Because the good news can't be contained. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks glorifying God, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Okay, so follow me. These Jewish shepherds right here, they were among some of the very first people on the planet to hear the good news that Jesus had been born, right? Okay, but I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but um, why would this have been good news for them? Because think about it. Um, Think about if somebody were to show up in the middle of the night at your house and just start yelling, hey, good news, the Savior's born. And then they bust out a band at like 3 a.m., and just start rocking. The Savior's been born. All right, you might get excited and kind of like, hey, that, that, that sounds cool, but you might think they're crazy, right? You might be like, what, what on earth do they even mean? Okay, but follow me. Here's why this was actually the best news ever for these shepherds that night, because they understood how bad the bad news really was. Listen, they were, they were Jews, okay? And so first off, they would have known very well that for thousands of years now, God had promised his people that at just the right time, he was going to send the Savior to rescue them, okay? So, so here's what that means. Listen, it means they understood that they needed to be rescued. Okay, family, it was good news that the Savior had come for them because they knew the bad news all too well that they really needed to be saved, But saved from what? Come on, saved from Satan and sin and death and the utter brokenness that he and those things bring to our lives. Listen, most Jews back then, they would have actually understood that God first promised to send the Savior way back when sin first entered the world when Adam and Eve sinned. Okay, hey, I told you, okay, the good news of Jesus is not just right here. It's woven throughout your entire Bible, beginning to end. Get this, most scholars, some scholars actually think that the good news was first prophesied in the third verse of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, when God famously said, let there be light. That this was a foreshadowing, a prophetic word about Jesus to come. Come on, that, that the light of God was going to shine over a dark world. Are you following me? Okay, but listen, we know for sure that the good news was preached by God, or you could say that the promise was made right after Adam and Eve sinned. In Genesis chapter 3, verse, verse 15, right after they sinned, God spoke to Satan and said, one day a child will be born, and Satan, he's going to crush you. In other words, he's going to deliver my people from you, Satan, and the sin and the death that you bring. Okay, would you agree? That would have been really good news for Adam and Eve to hear in that moment. Because they knew firsthand how bad life life just got. 
But then, family, I'm telling you, if you will read your Old Testament, you will see over and over and over again, God restates the promise, and God continues to clarify the promise for his people. Listen, especially by the time we get to the book of Isaiah, where God made the promise of Jesus so clear. Okay, and so watch this. Around 700 years before Isaiah was born, or before Jesus was born, Isaiah shared the good news in advance. He described who Jesus would be and what Jesus would do, and Ashley already stole my scriptures in her communion talk this morning. <laughs> but just stick with me. Watch this, okay? Isaiah chapter 9. Here we go. I'm going to pick it up in verse 2. He said, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Sounds like those words that God spoke over the earth. Let there be light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You, God, you will enlarge the nation of Israel. In other words, lots of people are going to come to faith. And its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing plunder. For Now just watch this closely. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms blood-stained by war will, be, will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For, come on, Satan, one day there's going to be a child that's going to be born that's going to crush you. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his Shoulders. How many of y'all ready for that? How many of y'all ready for Jesus 2024, make earth great again? <laughs> Some of you are like, that sounds controversial, Pastor. I don't know if I should amen that. <laughs> and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, his government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies. God will make this happen. So fast forward to that night just outside of Bethlehem. I got good news. God just made this happen. Okay, but notice this, okay. Um, did you see how Isaiah essentially just described a whole bunch of bad situations followed by how Jesus would show up and resolve those bad situations? Okay, listen, that's the good news. That, that's what it is. So listen, okay, he said there's people living in darkness. Good news, Jesus is going to be their light. There are people who are living under slavery and oppression and with heavy burdens. He said, good news, Jesus is going to set them free. There's all kinds of unrest and conflict in this world that everyone is living in. Good news, Jesus will bring peace to all people that will never end. Come on, you see this? Family, here's what you have to understand. You have to understand how bad the bad news really is so you can understand how good the good news really is. But if we just kind of grow numb to the bad news, if we just kind of start to get used to the bad news and maybe even tolerate the bad news, 
and, and therefore the conditions it brings in our region, in our towns, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, at our jobs, in the lives of our friends, in the lives of our families, in our own lives, we begin to tolerate the bad news. Here's the truth. We won't be all that passionate or urgent with the good news. It'll be easy to contain it. And so can we, can we all just be really honest together? I guarantee we all know way too many people who are currently living in the bad news category of life. Excessive sin, hurt, brokenness, oppression, you name it. That's their norm, and there's no end in sight. Amen? Okay, so listen. It should break our hearts. It should fill us with a passion and an urgency to where we said, we've got to do something about this now. Just can't wait any longer. And yet, before we get too quick and too ahead of ourselves, before we only look outward, if we're really honest, how much bad news still exists in us? Because, come on, it's no secret that there's plenty of brokenness still in the church. Amen? But sometimes we can get really, really good at manicuring it so it's harder for other people to notice. Secret sin, hurting marriages, hurting relationships, addiction, lukewarm relationships with Jesus, quick to complain in church rather than contribute, slow to serve, ungenerous, a lack of passion and urgency for others. Come on, sometimes we can get really good at just tolerating the bad news that's in our own lives. Amen? Even though we say we know Jesus. And so if we're honest, because the angel said, I got good news that will bring great joy, but when we tolerate the bad news, it steals our joy. We show up and we put on a smile But inside, that smile in is bright. And when it steal our, steals our joy, here's the truth, it puts a lid on how much we're going to be passionate about the good news. Amen? Okay, but listen, here's what I want to encourage you with, okay? Here, here really, here's the good news, okay? Jesus has good news that has the power to overcome every ounce of bad news you and I find ourselves living with. To this day, listen, come on, you remember what the angel said to the shepherds? He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. It's for you and me. Listen, but watch this. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord. 
This is who he is. He has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Family, here it is. I've got good news and I got bad news. Okay, here's the bad news. We've all been held captive by Satan and sin and death. And if we're all honest, there's probably still some of that going on in all of our lives. Y'all are so quiet today. Amen? Amen? Okay, but here's the good news because we're going to end on a positive. Come on, here's the good news. The Savior has been born and he's already crushed Satan and sin and death and so we don't have to live with these things anymore. Listen to me very carefully. Here's the only reason you and I will ever have to be stuck in things like secret sin, hurting relationships, a lack of passion, etc. is if we choose to put up with the bad news, to tolerate the bad news in our lives, rather than listen to the good news of Jesus. Listen to me, family. I'm telling you, the Savior, the Messiah, follow me, the Lord has the good news. He has every good news antidote for every bad news, sin, and situation we find ourselves living in. You don't have to tolerate the bad news. You don't have to live with the bad news. All you have to do is listen to the Savior. And I'm telling you, when you listen to him, he will save you from it. All you have to do is listen to the Lord and what he's telling you to do, and he will lead you out of it. And I'm telling you, every time you get saved, every time you get led out of these things, he will simultaneously fill you with the overflowing joy of freedom, and you won't be able to contain it. You'll start telling everyone. Okay, gathering family, follow me. This is why every weekend when we're together, we ask this question. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? What's he saying to you? Because listen, when he speaks to you and me, it's always good news for you and me to follow. It's always good news that will free us and change us if, if we'll listen. And if we'll receive the good news that he shares. And so get this, then. he has good news to share with everyone you know as well, everyone that I know, who we might say is still living in that bad news category of life. Okay, his plan is for you and me to share it with them. Well, and listen, they, how many know you got people all around you in your life and they may not even know they need a savior? You got people all around, I mean, this is the world today. The world doesn't actually know they need a Savior, amen? But I guarantee you, even the people we know that are living in that bad news category, they know the bad news. Come on, deep down, they know the bad news. And so, listen, when they can see that your bad news is being overcome by the good news of Jesus, they'll be that much more likely to open up their hearts to him as well. So listen to me, family. God wants the good news of Jesus to change us this Christmas season. Even if we've already heard it a billion times. He wants it, he wants it to change us and he wants it to change our world around us. And so today, here's what I'm asking. Come on, who else wants that too? 
I'm really asking. It's super quiet in here. Come on, who would love to have a Christmas season where the good news impacts your life all over again? Who would love to have a Christmas season where we get to participate together in taking the lid off and sharing the good news collectively like we never have before?